0: Well, we get an opportunity today to uh, talk to men a little bit, talk about men maybe a little bit too. Uh, But I do have to admit, today is Father's Day, but I believe that God's most beautiful and best-smelling creation was women. Yeah, I mean, God really outdid himself uh, when he created women. Uh, Not only did he make them beautiful, uh, but he made them compassionate too. I mean, they love us, guys. I mean, God made them compassionate. And not only did he make them compassionate, but he, uh, he gave them a kiss that would take away the pain of a skint knee, right? And then he gave them spit that would wipe tar off of a child's face. <laughs> and he gave them supernatural, listen to me, supernatural persuasion. I mean, guys, they can make us do their bidding the whole time, us thinking it's our idea. I mean, it's amazing. God really outdid himself when he created uh, women. And uh, I would tell you more about women, but I have learned that we never figure them out. And so I've told you all that I can tell you about them. But we want to talk to men today. And share about men. And I have a passion for men's ministry. I have a heart and a desire to see men rise up. uh, To be called up to God's greater uh, purpose. And when I look around our world today, I see that uh, manhood is in a crisis. Manhood is in a crisis in our world today. And when we think about and talk about manhood... In our world, we get all kinds of ideas that should never be associated with manhood. In fact, uh, there's some poor examples of manhood in our world. Uh, One is the the picture of a man in our world today is that he's disloyal. That uh, we cannot depend upon him. Uh, Another false picture of manhood in our world today is that a man is in what we would consider to be perpetual adolescence. I mean, he never wants to grow up. He cannot throw away the video controller. I mean, perpetual adolescence. Uh, Another false picture that we get of manhood in our world today is this over-aggressive, abusive, violent person. Uh, One that is unable to control his emotions or his life. Another false picture that we get of manhood is that Men are insensitive, are are closed up. They just refuse to emotionally open up. Uh, They're emotionally disconnected. Uh, One other thought as we think about men and kind of a false picture that we get of men today is that they're overbearing, demanding, and, and selfish. All they think about is their wants or their expectations and they just kind of force their way and so manhood is mixed up but if you're here this morning and you have a man that is following Jesus closely then you know that you've got a treasure amen if you have a man in your life that is following Jesus Christ closely you realize that you have really got an asset that you have been given a treasure because listen to me Men make a difference. Men are able to make a difference. In our world today, men are devalued and they're discounted. But I want to tell you that men make a difference. They make a difference in the home. They make a difference in the community. They make a difference in the church. And I want to tell you when men rise up and stand up and speak up, they make a difference in the world. And so I want you to understand that this morning. So what I'm doing is I hope that I'm calling men back, that I'm reeling you in away from the world's perspective of what a man's supposed to be to what God says we're supposed to be. And and I also hope that maybe you're here today that I will call you up to everything that God has purposed you to be. That's my desire this morning. So I want to look at with you, In 1 Samuel chapter 16, we're going to look at one verse this morning. 1 Samuel 16, verse 18. And we're going to be talking about the positive impact of exceptional manhood. The positive impact of exceptional manhood. Now, here in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 18, we get a description of David when he is just a young man. He's just a young man. He's just left the sheepfold and he's come to the palace to serve uh, King Saul. And in the beginning of 16, the first of chapter 16, David has been overlooked as king and then anointed as king. You remember what God told Samuel? Man looks on the outside, but God, he looks at the heart. He looks at the heart. And so David has been anointed king. And then he's called to the palace to serve Saul in the capacity of a consoler. Uh, because Saul had, had, uh, had this evil spirit about him. And he was miserable. And he was mean. And he was jealous. And he was ugly. And he was everything that a man shouldn't be. And so David is called to the temple Uh, To serve as his consoler. And then in verse 18, we get this description of David. And I believe it's the description of exceptional manhood. We see the traits of exceptional manhood. Look with me here. Verse 18. One of the young men answered, They had asked him, "Where, Where can we find somebody that can help Saul? He's miserable. And said, One of the young men answered, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse the Bethlehemite who is skillful in playing, a man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, a man of good appearance or presence, and the Lord is with him. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this word. Thank you for the men that are in this room this morning to hear. And I pray, Lord, that each and every one of us would be called up to a higher calling, a higher purpose, that we would see the wonderful role of responsibility that you've given us, not only in our home, but in our churches, in our community, and in our world. And Lord, I pray that we would be challenged to be our utmost for your highest, our very best for your glory, and that you would be honored in everything that we do, for we pray and ask it in Jesus' name, amen. I want to look with you at four traits this morning, four traits to exceptional manhood that we see in this description of David right here and the first of those is this a true man demonstrates exceptional integrity a true man demonstrates exceptional integrity one of the descriptions that they give here for David is that he is a man of valor uh, in another translation, it may say that he is a valiant man. In other words, he is a man of integrity. And in fact, when we look at the story here of David, we see that integrity is played out in his life. Uh, let's kind of go back again, if you will, with me to what I was just explaining about his situation. In, in the first part of chapter 16, David is anointed ...as the king, the new king over all of Israel. And then he is placed within the palace. Now, I can just imagine what most men would think at this time. God has brought me here to take over. Amen? Right? Isn't that the way we think? I have just got a promotion. God promised it, and now God has provided it, and I've got to take it. Right? And so that's kind of our attitude. But we see with David this loyalty Uh, David was faithful and he did not take this as an opportunity to usurp Saul's authority now I was thinking about the different things that he could have done if he had wanted to Uh, he could have exploited Saul right I mean, everybody knew that there was an evil spirit on Saul that at times he just acted kind of crazy. And so David could have exploited Saul's weakness if he had wanted to and he could have usurped authority over Saul by just exploiting him. We see it done every day in our world, amen? It's one thing you could do. Uh, a second thing is through his expeditions. He could have made Saul look bad. I mean, if you look right over in chapter 17, we get the story of David and Goliath when David had this wonderful victory. And we know that David was a great warrior. But the the women and the children were singing in the streets and they were saying, Saul, he has killed his thousands, but David has killed his ten thousands. And David could have said, I'm a superior leader. And he could have usurped. Saul's authority that way but he didn't. There's a third thing that he could have easily done if he had wanted to. He could have just executed Saul. I mean he was a great warrior and then he was placed in the quarters with the king to console the king with his music. I can just imagine him plucking away at his harp when the evil spirit came upon Saul and I know me when I hear soothing music, my eyelids just kind of get heavy and I doze off into the wild blue yonder, huh? And so while Saul was sleeping, he could have executed Saul, and you we see it all through 1st and 2 Kings, 1st and 2nd Chronicles. Many chose to do it that way, but here's what David did. David remained loyal. Why did David do that? David did that. Even though he had the promise of God, David did it because he was a man of integrity. He wanted to do the right thing. In fact, several times David had the opportunity to do Saul in. Later on, Saul becomes uh, violently jealous of David, and he pursues David all over the country trying to kill him, and David stays loyal. He guarded Saul's life even when Saul sought his life. There's two incidents of that. In chapter 24, the first 22 verses give us an account of, of uh, David or Saul pursuing David and David is hid out in a cave and Saul goes in to relieve himself. Now, don't ask me what Saul was doing and that I'm not sure. He might have taken a nap. I don't know. But David slipped in and he just cut the corner of his garment. While he was in there, the men of David said, "God has delivered this man into your hands." I mean, take the throne. Take the crown. And David said, God forbid that I should reach out my hand to God's anointed. And David spared Saul's life. He did cut off the corner of his garment to say, Saul, I could have taken your life if I'd wanted to. But I'm faithful to you. I'm a man of integrity. In chapter 26, Saul again is pursuing David. David. And he is encamped at night. And David and his men slip in. And the spear of Saul is at his head, Scripture says. And the men of David said, God has put this man in your hands again. Take up his spear and drive it through him and take the throne. And David refused to do it. He was a man of integrity. He did. The right thing. And so David is an illustration to us. He's an illustration to us of what proper manhood should look like. In fact, we should be a faithful friend. Integrity is being a faithful friend, integrity is keeping your word even to your own hurt. I mean, David was chased for 15 years by David all over the country. Ended up having to leave Israel because of it. To his own hurt, he did the right thing. To do the right thing simply because it's the right thing to do. David did that. And David was intentional to do these things even to his own hurt because he was a man of integrity. And so the kind of integrity, this kind of integrity can make a positive impact on families, cultures, communities, countries, and the world. And in fact, the lack of this kind of integrity or this kind of manhood is having an equally negative impact on our world today. The lack of it. So the first is, the first trait, y'all still with me? Give me one of these right here. Okay, all right. I want to make sure you with me before I make you mad on some of these other points, okay? <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. The first, a true man demonstrates exceptional integrity. Let's look at a second trait that we see here in David that we see in men uh, that, that are true. And, and men that demonstrate a true manhood. Here's the second trait. A true man demonstrates exceptional courage. Look, if you will, back in chapter 16, verse 8. You can underline this if you'd like to. It says that David was a man of valor and that he was a man of war. Or maybe simply put in your translation, he's a warrior. He is a warrior. David could pluck the strings of his harp but he could also draw the strings of his bow. And that's a, that's a balance that we don't see in our world today. We exaggerate one or the other. Men want to be warriors, amen? I mean, we want to poke our chest out and say, I'm a warrior. And we want to we put on this strong front in, in front of our family. I know men or uh, children that have never seen their father cry in front of them. Because they have this tough exterior and they want to present themselves as a warrior but we see David here he's able to pluck the strings of a harp and pull the strings of a bow he's, he's kind but he's also a warrior he's a man of courage and we see that demonstrated all through David's life in fact in chapter 17 we Truly see it played out in his encounter with Goliath as he heard Goliath cursing um, the nation of Israel and the people of Israel and the God of Israel. Then David rises up and said, Is not someone going to stop this man? You know, he rises up and he takes heart and he is a man of courage. Uh, he was small and the odds were against him, but he stood in his integrity. And David fought for Israel. Against incredible odds. And he won several victories for Israel. He was a warrior. Dr. Robert Lewis of men's fraternity. Calls this the warrior face of manhood. The warrior face of manhood. He presents it as the side of manhood that meets challenges. And fights for what is right. He calls it a conquering energy. He says that there's five traits that come with the warrior face of manhood. Let me give those to you this morning. The first is initiative. He says that the warrior face of manhood, that man is one that initiates, that he's willing to initiate. He doesn't stand by waiting on someone else to act. Can I say something? And I'm going to say something. (laughs) I don't know why I ask. I'm going to say something. Churches would cave if it wasn't for women. Amen. Amen. Yeah, say it. It's true. It's true. I've been in a lot of churches. Churches would cave. Listen, churches are surviving because of women. You want to see a church thrive? You let the man get on fire. Now, I'm telling you, that's not taken away from women at all, but you want to see a church stop surviving and start thriving? You let the man that God created to be a warrior, you let the man that has the courage not to sit back and wait on somebody else, but stand up and initiate, you'll see a church thrive, okay? And so the warrior face, he's an initiator. He doesn't wait on someone else to get active. He starts it himself. Here's another part of it. He says that he's a protector. He's a protector. The warrior protects the innocent, the helpless, the needy, the oppressed, and not to mention his family. He's a protector. Not only is he a protector, but he says that he's also a provider. The warrior seeks to provide for his family and for others. Here's a fourth face, he says, or fourth trait of the warrior face is he perseveres. The warrior doesn't give up or give in. (laughs) I've been in church long enough to see men just wait on somebody else to take up part of that role so they can drop out. Usually I'm waiting on when, when one man steps up, another drops out. The warrior, he perseveres. He doesn't give up. He doesn't give in. Guys, listen to me. Christianity doesn't have a retirement age on it. Serving the Lord doesn't have a retirement age on it. I mean, we serve Him until we check out. And you got something to offer until you check out. Don't let the world convince you and tell you the lie that you're not needed. You're a warrior. You're a man of courage. And and the church and the community needs you. And so the warrior face, he perseveres. And the last one, he fights. The warrior is willing to fight for his righteous cause. He fights for what's right, and he fights the right way. And so he's a fighter. What an impact men with the courage to take initiative, to protect, to provide, persevere, and fight could make in our families, communities, churches, and countries. We need those. Here's the third. Okay? You still with me, guys? Okay. A true man demonstrates exceptional influence. Exceptional influence. I want you to notice here again in our text. He says that he's a man of valor, he's a man of war, and he's prudent in his speech. Another translation says that he's skilled in his speech. And what is it saying David was a man of influence. He was a man of influence. He knew how to cast a shadow. He knew how to get influence. How many of you were able to come to the men's breakfast uh, yesterday? Man, Steve Weymire shared with us a a, a message, just some things that God has been stirring in his heart uh, about manhood. And he talked about how, you know, we need one another, and, uh, and uh, how we make mistakes, but we keep going. But then one, the last point was, is, is we need mentors. And we need to be mentoring people. In other words, we need to influence people. David was a man that other men wanted to follow. I remember when I was a young Christian, a young man just starting my family, and I was thinking about that this morning. In fact, I have been a father longer than I wasn't. Most of my kids are at the point of being grown now. I, and when I first started, I thought I would never get there. Let me tell you, it goes by super fast, guys. So if you've got young children, pay attention. It's going to go by so quick. But there was this man in our church, and his name was Wayne Prince. And, and Wayne Prince seemed to have this glow about him. He, he seemed to have everything together. And, and I mean, it seemed that, that life ran smoothly for him, that he functioned and served within the church, and, I mean, just everything was smooth. And I told Melissa, I said, there's something about that guy. And she said, well, why don't you go and just ask him what it is? And I said, no, I think I'll just watch him for a while. And so I watched him and I observed him and I saw in him the character and nature of Christ. And so that man began to pour into my life. And I began to learn from his influence. And all of us need someone like that, right? But also we need to be someone like that. David was a man of influence. I want you to notice... uh, Let me give you a couple things, though, because you got lines that you want to fill in, so let me give you that, okay? (laughs) If you're going to be a man that people want to follow, people follow people for different reasons. You following me? (laughs) Sometimes they'll follow you for what they can gain, right? Uh, Maybe popularity, power, profit, or position. Others will follow you for what they can glean, what they can glean from you. Character, depth, wisdom, growth. David was a man that people wanted to follow. Look with me, if you will, in 1 Samuel chapter 22, verses 1 and 2. It says this about David. It said, David departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam, And when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him, and everyone who was in distress, and everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was bitter in soul gathered to him, and he became a commander over them. And there were with him about four hundred men. <laughs> People want to be around David. David was a man of influence. I got a. I saw an interesting post this week, and I want to read it to you. It was shown to me, and and. By someone that many of you would know. And it says this One of the greatest disappointments as a young man growing up in church was the apparent lack of male mentors willing to be followed and imitated. Wow. Guys, I want you to know something. We influence people, we either influence them positively or we influence them negatively. And a true man realizes that his life is not void of influence. He is intentional because he knows that others are watching him. A strong man will invite others into his life to observe him. Now, now here's what um, Steve shared. Steve shared about mentorship and, and how we need to mentor. And I think it's overwhelming for us at times, isn't it? We say, oh man, I don't know if I have the knowledge to mentor someone. But I want you to know, you don't have to know all sixty-six books of the Bible to mentor someone. You really don't. Here's what mentorship is: mentorship is opening up your life and saying, "Hey, I invite you in. You come and you do what I do. You follow me and do what I do." And then that that includes how do we spend time with Christ. You know, how do we study the Word and pray and grow? But also, it's how do you do your finances? How do you love your family? How do you make your decisions? How do you manage your finances? How do you walk through difficulties? It's just inviting someone in to do that. I went to a conference here a while back in Indianapolis, and there was these ladies that were on a a panel, and they were talking about this idea of mentor and discipleship, and, and they were saying this. That if you're able to mentor someone, able to open up your life that way, you need to be seeking out someone that you can pour into. But then they said, if you feel like you need that, or even if you don't feel like you need that, even if you're pouring into someone else, you need somebody pouring into you. And so you should be seeking someone that can pour into you. David, David was a man of influence, a man of influence. And so a true man will influence others. Now, there's been a huge shift in our society when it comes to this. It used to be that the man was the main influencer of his kids. Do you know that? I mean, back years ago within our society, uh, children used to spend all day with dad working on the farm. All day they would spend, you remember, how many of you remember Little House on the Prairie? (laughs) Hey, all right. I mean, it's all they had. They worked right there. They were with dad 24 seven. Then culture changed. Dad took a job at the factory and eventually left the children to mom. Now, now in our world, dad's in the factory, mom's in the factory, and we leave our kids to the sitters, teachers, YouTube, TikTok, Snapchat, iPhone, iPad, Netflix, and Hulu. And we wonder, what happened? <laughs> what happened? We didn't do that intentionally. Our culture shifted. Our culture changed. And we didn't intend to do that. But that's just kind of the way it worked out. And now when our kids want to know what truth is, they Google it. I mean, really. Really. When I was a kid, if I wanted to know what truth was, uh, this is the source. But now they Google. We influence is what we need to know. True men demonstrate exceptional influence. Now, you ready for the last one? I know you're ready for the last one. See it on your face. (laughs) True men True men demonstrate exceptional faith. Look, if you will, at this last statement in verse 18 that's made about David. I don't want to skip the one in between. It says that he was a good presence, which means he was good looking. I like what the King James, he was a ruddy young man. (laughs) But then the last statement, it says, the Lord is with him. You don't know how to be with the Lord or how to have the Lord with you. Be with the Lord. Yeah. In other words, David spent some time with the Lord. I mean, if we read through the Psalms, we notice real quickly that they're wrote with a heart towards God. Uh, last year in our men's conference, our men's conference title was A Man After God's Own Heart. That was the testimony of David. He, he was a man that pursued The heart of God. And because he pursued God, God was with him. Now, he was not a perfect man. By a far cry was he a perfect man, as none of us are perfect men. If we look at the life of David, we see that he joined the Philistines, became an enemy to Israel. He disobeyed God and counted his army, bringing a plague upon Israel. He took on multiple wives He committed adultery with Bathsheba. And then he lied and committed murder by proxy to cover up his adultery. He was not a perfect man. But I want to tell you what he had perfected. He had perfected repentance. He had perfected repentance. We see in the life of David that he was open for the rebuke of Nathan. Nathan said, you are the man. You have created this problem. Your sin has caused this. David could have had his head cut off, but what David said is, you're right. I am the man. I made this mess, and there's only one way to fix this mess, and that's going to God. And if you want to read about how he fixed it, look in Psalm 51. He poured his heart out before God and (laughs) repented before God he bore his soul before God in repentance and guys I want you to know this our families <clears throat> our families know oh so well or oh too well our failures they know that what they need to see is the faith that picks up and places us back on the course of godliness they know we make mistakes they know at times we blow it They know we mess up. They know we lose our temper. They know we get our priorities messed up. They know that we're adventurous at heart and a kid at heart. They know all those things. They need to see us step up, pick up, repent of it, and and be encouraged in the Lord and keep on going to exceptional manhood. They need to see that in us. So, here they are. The traits of exceptional manhood, integrity, courage, influence, faith. Now, here's my thoughts. Is I'm going to ask Dave to come, and I, I, I want to do things different. Let's do things different this time. Dave, where are you at, Dave? Hey, Dave. Let's do things different, okay? I, I want us to have a time. Let's all stand. I, I'm, going to, I'm going to give some challenges, okay? Okay. I, I'm going to ask the guys that would be willing to do this. As we, I'm going to go through these challenges, and these may not hit you, but God may have hit you somewhere else, okay? But as we have this time where Dave is playing, if you would come and pray with your family, I, I'm going to ask you to come here. You may stand, you may bow, you may do whatever. You may just fill up this first pew here and bow there and pray, but would you just pray with your family and be everything that god wants you to be because here was my thought as i was thinking about this text and about manhood and the condition of our world it has to start somewhere and it has to start with someone has to start somewhere has to start with someone the heart Of a man is a warrior, which means he initiates it. I can't think of a better place to initiate it is right there with your family. And say, hey, family, I want you to hold me accountable to be the absolute best man that I can be. I want to be a man of integrity, courage, influence, and faith, and you can help me do that. Maybe you want to come and you want to pray with your family about that. I would say this. None of us can do this in our own strength. None of us can do this i've messed up in so many ways being a father i just want to tell you i can't do it but jesus can do it through me so if you're here today and you don't know jesus today's the day to trust jesus because he reflects the perfection of manhood you put your faith in him he'll walk with you and he'll teach you everything that you need to know to be the man that your family needs, that this community needs, that this world needs. I was thinking about this more. If I had the opportunity again, because with my occupation, I had the opportunity. If I had the opportunity, I would take you all with me everywhere I went. I would. If I had to again, I don't. I blew it. I had the opportunity. I would take my kids with me everywhere I went so they could see, not hear from somebody else, your dad's a good man. Your dad's a hard worker. Your dad loves the Lord. I want him to see it. I would take him with me. You have the chance. Some of you have young kids. You have the chance today to do that, guys. The world needs you. This world, this your family needs you. Would you come today? I'm gonna ask Dave. I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna ask dad, Dave. Ooh, Dave. Dave is a dad. Dad Dave to play. Would you come with your family? Would you come with your family this morning? If you're here and you don't know the Lord, you come. If you're here and you know you've blown it, get it right with the Lord this morning. Let's pray. Lord, this is your time, your people. I can't make them do anything, but Lord, you can. I can't change a heart, but you can. I can't wipe away mistakes, but you can. I can't take away the years that the uh, the famine has taken or the locusts have eaten, but Lord, you can. And so I pray this morning, there's a world that needs men to rise up. Not just men, but men and women. And so I pray right now for men and women to step up to the higher calling that you've given them. Have your way, Lord.